Welcome to the Earn Your Edge podcast. I'm Corey Lumberg from Altus Performance, and today we have a very special interview with an important segment of the competitive sports landscape that thus far on our podcast has been underrepresented, and that's the parents of all the extraordinary athletes that we've been able to talk to and study and coach. And so on this episode, we're excited to share a conversation that I had with Sean Spieth, the father of Jordan Spieth, a while back as we discuss just the lessons learned from parenting what was a young prodigy that obviously went on to achieve some great things as a young adult. And that's probably been one of the coolest parts of having all these conversations that we've we've had is obviously how instrumental the support of family was during development years and hearing the stories of all the different ways that these high performers, their stories have all started with the help of, of loving and supporting parents. And I think that any of us that have been around youth sports have observed that there's plenty of different types of parents and there's some support from mom and dad that can be a detriment. And then there's the cases of the successful athletes where, you know, they've put them on the path of high performance and, and guided and nurtured them along the way. And I, I know we have a lot of parents that listen to the podcast, so we're excited to share Sean's story and perspective to serve as a pretty good model to follow. And as coaches, we'll end up working with hundreds of youth clients during our careers so that we get this vast you know, collection of experience that we gather. But as a parent, you only get one or two shots at it. And especially for that first child, there's a lot of uncharted territory for which there's there's really no manual and it's really difficult to process, difficult process to navigate. So I, I think if you're a fan of golf, it'll be really interesting to get some insight on the early years of one of the best players in the game. And as a parent, there are some really, really valuable lessons that come out of this chat. So without further ado, please enjoy episode 44 of the Earn Your Edge podcast with Sean Spieth. We'll just start with Jordan's development and when you felt like it was appropriate for him to specialize. I know that there were a lot of other sports that he was very talented in and just curious as to kind of what you were looking for and, and what made it the decision to say, okay, we're going to go with golf. Well, I think first and foremost is uh, it depends on the individual. And in Jordan's case, he loved playing a lot of sports and he was all in when he was playing all any of those sports or each of those sports, what be it soccer or football or baseball or basketball, four primary sports he played outside of golf. And developmentally played all those before golf, unlike a lot of successful golfers, he picked up the game relatively late as he approached being nine, ten years old before he really played competitively at all. So it was focus on sports that developed, you know, just helped you develop physically. It helped you become uh, stronger and, and, and build character, build discipline, things like that. In addition to the physical benefits, learn how to win, learn how to lose. And then golf became something that was just fun at first. So we got to play. It was a good opportunity for me to get, get out and play more and take Jordan, take Steven and you know, that kind of evolved into Jordan played a lot more than Steven. He had a lot more interest. So taking him out and having an opportunity to go to the range and just have fun, let him hit balls, which is unique because I wanted to hit balls too. So maybe it was a little self-serving. <laughs> but it worked out really, really well because first and foremost, and what I have always believed is fundamentally most important is 
the athlete, the the kid needs to have fun being a kid, certainly at young ages, and then actually throughout a career. And that's the first thing I ever or still try to stress is, you know, did you have fun or or have fun today and good luck. So it was fundamentally at an early age, it was about playing as many sports as he wanted to play and enjoyed playing and do that kind of seasonally, ideally. I was not a huge fan of playing one sport, you know, 10, 11, 12 months of the year when you're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, just because I think there's burnout, there's risk for injury, and, you know, we know a lot of stats around that. But at the same time, just it just gives you a, a more diverse opportunity to enjoy different things. A lot of that sounds like the advice that we try to pass on to parents, but that information or that education from us comes from, you know, sports science, from coach education, and then our own experience as coaches. And I'm just curious, as Jordan was your first and your oldest, how did you as a parent at that time, I mean, clearly these were conscious decisions that you were making. I'm just curious how you came upon that that kind of wisdom, even though it was the the first go round. Yeah, I'm not sure it was wisdom as much as it was personal experiences, growing up enjoying playing multiple sports. We didn't have the specialization as kids that our kids have or enjoyed or even a general, you know, even years between us, a couple of decades there where it just started to become specialized and uh, was never a huge fan of, of, uh, of missing the other opportunities was probably more the case than it was what's the ideal time to, to specialize because I didn't have a uh, specific mission that was for Jordan to become a professional golfer or great at any sport and make a living because the odds are just that long. Just wanted to enjoy it, have fun. And you know, if, you, if you're good at something, you usually enjoy it a little bit more and you continue at it or you just start to evolve. It's, you start to evolve towards playing that sport or that game more than the others. And that's just kind of human nature and and part of growing up and, and enjoying what you're doing. That was really fundamentally it more than it was studying the risks and or benefits of specialization early. It's really about have fun, be a kid. And when you get to, to really high school was what was what I thought, what, what Chris, my wife thought, was the time when you really have to, you know, if you're going to be truly be great at something to the extent or good enough to be able to continue to play, into through college or even beyond in today's world you need to specialize by the time you get to high school that was our our simple belief at the time one of the more common questions that we get from altus clients and listeners is how do i spin it like a tour player well the first step is to treat your equipment like a tour player and that means that you've got the right golf ball and you've got fresh grooves visit vokey.com to see the spin research that bob vokey and his team have conducted to better understand how grooves wear over time After 75 to 100 rounds of golf, you owe it to yourself to test your grooves to make sure that they're still getting maximum spin from your wedges. Find a fitter at Vokey.com for a spin test soon. A couple of things that you brought up there kind of perked my ears because they were a couple of those, I told you before I hit record here, those commonalities that we've we've had pop up from the conversations. And one of them was the ultra competitiveness and almost, 
I mean, a high percentage of these conversations that we're having, there's talk about siblings, there's talk about mom and dad that were involved in sport. So I'm just curious, as you said, he was ultra competitive from from the get-go. I'm just curious of kind of your observation of how that evolved in a way that it was, one, a healthy thing, where because we certainly see it be a detriment in some some instances, but where you really feel like it, it drove him and provided motivation to kind of work hard and accomplish what he has. Yeah, I think it's uh, and it can be a dangerous thing. Absolutely, being ultra competitive is is great if you can channel it in the right ways. And I I really believe that being in a team environment, being forced to being forced to learn to play within the construct of a team, within you know the rules of a basketball or a baseball or a football event, where you don't have total control yourself. Jordan learned fairly quickly that. As much as he loved playing all those other sports, he wanted to control his own destiny, have nobody to to blame, and then ultimately, you know, nobody other than he and his caddy down the road to look to relative to great results in addition to when they weren't so successful. But I think the competitive piece of it is is really great if you can channel it and still enjoy it. And we had challenges, as most young athletes do, that are ultra-competitive, we had several learning experiences, and a couple of those were when I was lucky enough to be, you know, right next to him on the bag or right next to him walking, and you just have to pull those out. You know, as a parent, more than anything, you have to pull those out and and uh, and, and draw from those experiences and make it really clear to them that ask simple questions. You know, did you have fun today? Did you really enjoy that when you, you know, when you carried it with you two more holes because you made a, you know, you made a bogey or you hit a shot you didn't like? And if you didn't enjoy the experience, probably ought to rethink, you know, rethink doing this for some period of time. Right. And those those are those are those are fun and challenging parenting opportunities. But when you see progress, and a month later or a year later, you see the progress, and you see, you know, positive reinforcement that they're learning. That's that's really cool. It's really rewarding. And the second thing that, that you kind of brought up there in the early event where he, he demonstrated just a level of, of cool-headedness or comfort in a situation that maybe would have been a little bit more stressful for others, that's one of the things that we've had other players that we've talked to bring up and use Jordan as their model. And a really good conversation with Kramer Hickok about remembering back to Jordan playing at the Byron Nelson at 16 and mm-hmm. how, how he was... Even at that age, how his observation was, Jordan just looks like he belongs there. He doesn't look nervous or he doesn't look like he's in over his head like so many other, every other 16-year-old would be. And I'm curious, just kind of you reflecting back on those moments where Jordan has just shown an assurance, a self-belief in in him, kind of if you can point to anything that you feel like, well, maybe this is where that comes from, or, or maybe this is something that we've done to help cultivate that. Or if you feel like that was something that was just innate and, and kind of part of who Jordan is. Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's innate. I don't think too many parents or others can take a lot of credit for teaching the ability to become more comfortable the bigger the moment, because it's so rare. And so few people that you watch at the top of their profession at any level or in any sport, any profession, so few people really feel comfortable or more comfortable or get in 
you know, the zone, so to speak, where it slows down and it's just, it's just fun. It's just that much more fun and rewarding to be under pressure in that moment. And I think that for the most part, you've got to be born with it. Now, certainly there are learning experiences, learning experiences and family situations, peer group situations where gain a perspective on, you know, lots of perspectives on life where you do realize, you know, in this case, it's just a game. And even though it's just a game and there are a lot of people watching you once you get to a certain level, like your first time at a professional event with a big gallery, I think you still realize that, first of all, you're comfortable there. You have confidence that you'll be happy with your result, whatever it is. But then most importantly, that it's, you know, it's it's not going to change people's lives for the better or the worse outside of what you control about your own emotions. You're not doing surgery when you're playing a game. You're not, uh, you know, you're not going to war. You're not doing things that are that are going to change people's lives forever. And if you can keep that perspective, maybe you can learn it. But I think for the most part, you're just comfortable in the moment or you're not. Yeah. Is that an ongoing conversation that you guys have? Because I know that that while certainly you're providing some some good perspective that all kind of players and and coach or parents could could learn from. But when you're on site in a major and there's as much surrounding the actual golf as there is, it does feel like it's much bigger than just a sport. And especially with as many people that are that are following and watching everything that Jordan does. Is that something that you guys continue and have continued to discuss as you've gone on? Yeah, absolutely. And I think more and more the first couple experiences and then Certainly after a heartbreaking experience like the 2016 Masters, that's something you just try to reinforce as a parent. You know that your son or your daughter, if they've gone through something like that, you know there's going to be scar tissue and there's going to be pain for quite some time, but you still feel obligated to remind them of what you know they know, which is it was a great, it was just a game. It was a great experience. I think now that the most important message we try to get across is that the next time you put on a green jacket in that instance, it'll be that much more rewarding because of the hardship you went through. Like anything in in life or in a career, you've got to fail so much to really appreciate success. And that's something that he didn't have a lot of failure. Right. Even up until, you know, even through winning a couple of major championships. He never had a lot of failure. And um, as a parent, you go, wow, what's going to happen when he does have a big failure? That's your biggest concern, right? When you lose um, something as big as the Masters when you had an opportunity to win. And yet, now looking back at it, as much as you wish that hadn't happened, that he'd been able to win, still have a belief, and I think he has a belief, certainly at this point has a belief, that you know, those missed opportunities or failures at certain times to execute the way you want give you the opportunity to make it even richer the next time around. One of the topics that I wanted to get a little bit of your, your thoughts on were 
your interactions either and how you tried to select a coach early on like when what was your criteria for you know 12 year old Jordan and trying to make sure that he was in in good hands and then just kind of how your interactions at that point went with Cameron that gave you some assurance that okay we're in the right spot and this is going to be a good relationship moving forward yeah it was I just had a few conversations on the phone with with instructors that we that we thought could be a good fit and it worked out just worked out that cam was the first one that we sat we came to see and spent time with and uh the way he approached it and the way jordan engaged it was uh, very quickly obvious that they were going to have an opportunity to be be able to work really well together and jordan was all in you know cam started with really simple questions about what <laughs> what jordan wanted and you know, and I know, and, and and Cam's told the story many times that uh, it wasn't I wanted to play, you know, college golf. I wanted to play pro golf, but he wanted to win majors. And Cam said very simply, well, then some things will have to change so you can, you know, so you can have success when the pressure is on the biggest stage. And Jordan didn't hesitate for a second. And everything from, you know, being young and taking a, a very open, inquisitive approach, which Jordan loved, and as they've both come to realize is necessary with him as a student, because he's not the easiest all the time, <laughs> <laughs> as as you know. But I think I recognized that right away, and I knew Jordan was going to be somebody that wasn't going to just teach him, you know, his philosophy. He was going. It was going to be. It's going to be a partnership. And he challenged him from the first, you know, hour we were together with you're gonna you're gonna go through some hardship here, but if you believe what you really want, I can help you get to, then uh, then we'll make you know, we'll make a, a significant change or two and, and we'll work through it together. That only took I mean, it took me about thirty minutes to really, really feel good about the two of them being all in, which is really all that mattered at that time to me. So you know, it takes a tribe, right? And there, there's got to be a player that has to have support around them, whether it be through coach, through parents, through – and as we get older in a professional career, you've got the caddy. Right. One of the challenges that I feel like a lot of our parents kind of communicate to us is, is kind of knowing what their role is and knowing when they have ownership for certain things and when is the best time to hand things off or what are the best things to hand off to a coach. So – how did the division of labor, how did that become a clear thing of, hey, here's what I'm in charge of, here's my role in this process, and here's what I need the coach to be in charge of? Is that something that just kind of organically become clear or something that you had in your mind of, hey, this is probably how it should look? It wasn't hard to figure it out. Cam and I talked a lot separately. I came to most of Jordan's early lessons for the first couple of years, just watching, listening, and asking questions of Jordan talking with Cam separately. I think we had the benefit of me not being an accomplished golfer that wanted to try to teach Jordan <laughs> skill yeah, um, or anything about the game, really. So I, you know, I just, it, but I would question things. You know, if you talk to Cam, he'll probably tell you hundreds of times I talked to him. I question alignment and I just question little things that to me were fundamental sports positions or moves and or idiosyncrasies that I knew that I fell into, you know, as a as an average amateur golfer, but 
he's my son, so he might have those same tendencies and little things that we we you know real little things like you know being open naturally being getting getting open easily and not recognizing it with the front side and then how do we you know is that is that important right now and then Cam would just reprioritize things for me in terms of progressions and I said okay okay I'll be patient <laughs> I'll try to be patient right and then that evolved into you know a couple of years down the road when Jordan would would start to drive the lessons then I'd go when I could but I was off also busier and out of town more than I was the first couple of years so it actually evolved just because of other circumstances and the fact that Jordan was now driving the lessons and they had such a great relationship there was never a Never a situation where Jordan came to me and said, yeah, I don't believe in this or, you know, I don't know why Cam's saying this or telling me this. I mean, we've just been, he's been, they've been really fortunate that they haven't ever gone through something that was, was significant enough where Jordan would come and say, yeah, dad, I don't know about this, which has just been really fortunate. So let's take a quick break in the action to recognize one of our partners, Under Armour. It's Under Armour's mission to make all athletes better through passion, design, and the relentless pursuit of innovation. And that ethos or mission statement couldn't be more aligned with the Earn Your Edge podcast. We're thankful to be powered by Under Armour. As you look at other parents, what is one thing that has been really underrated and how you've been able to, you know, be, be a successful sporting parent, have a, have a great relationship with your son and contribute to his success? What is one thing that you feel is underrated that most people are neglecting or not paying attention to that you feel like was important? Well, in our case, having had the benefit of being an athlete, my wife being an athlete, both being college athletes and having... In both our cases, parents who were supportive, but not overly aggressive in their approach, allowed us to go grow at our pace. And I think that's important. It's been really important for our boys who are both, our two boys are professional athletes, but it totally different, with totally different personalities, uh, different approaches to how they practice. And so I think just having a recognition for your your child's social styles, their makeup, their personality, and allowing them and encouraging them to excel or to enjoy the process while while gently and or directly, depending upon who it is and how they respond to things, encourage them and or push them that to set goals, right? To set goals, get them on get them down. And they're their goals. They're not my goals. They're not my wife's goals. They're they're their individual goals and hold themselves accountable. So more coaching than dictating or demanding has always been, in my mind, probably the biggest, the strongest advantage that parents have when they recognize that that's really the way that, that their children will enjoy and embrace the opportunity they have. We can't make them work harder. We can, we, can, we can make them be there, but we can't make them work harder. We can't make them be mentally engaged. We can't make them physically work as hard as they can if they don't want to. You know, all you can do at that point is damage. Yeah. So the hardest part is to be patient, and yet I think that's probably the most, you know, the most rewarding part if you recognize that 
patience and encouragement is most important. You say there's differences in kind of Jordan and Stephen. You know, I'm, I'm interested in how you adapted your approach. So how are they different in how they've kind of attacked their individual pursuits? Well, they're somewhat stereotypical firstborn and middle child. <laughs> and so Jordan would be very structured in the way he did everything from homework to practice, etc. And Stephen was less structured, but equally as passionate about the things he was doing, whether it was you know, school related or, or in sports. And so it was a lot easier to let go because Jordan was doing the things that and the way he practiced and his approach that you would expect of somebody, you know, further down the road as a young teenager, et cetera. Stephen was having fun and just as competitive and passionate about winning, but having fun and enjoying the process with his friends. And so that's where, and, and playing team sport that he ended up choosing instead of an individual sport. So I think there's a lot more parent involvement in making sure you're in the right team, you're in the right environment. You have the training opportunities that you're lucky enough to have in front of you available, accessible, and that they know about them, but not forcing them to go do, you know, extra physical training, extra, um, Stephen's case, get up an extra 500 shots a day or something like that in high school. It wasn't the way that he trained to be successful. Because if you reinforce, you know, negative training, it's going to have a negative impact in most cases. So Jordan just had that structure in the way he approached things. And so it just self-perpetuated. It was really, really easy as a parent. The hardest thing there was to pull him back. And that was our biggest challenge, pull him back with most kids that have a passion for something that's, that's given guidance and show them a little more structure and encourage that they... You know, they do more things in different ways with different types of instruction or with training, et cetera. And so that was that was really the difference. I think Stephen's much more stereotypical in that respect. Yeah. Jordan, much more, much more structured and, and a little more firstborn, the stereotype. Well, but they're both clearly self-propelled and that they've accomplished a lot in their sports and are continuing to achieve. And so that came from a great motivation. And as you said, it was Stephen, a passion to, to win and to succeed that they both have. And this may be difficult for you to answer. And it may go back to the, what we spoke of earlier, that they were just, it's just kind of an innate quality that each of them possess, but there, there's no coincidence that they grew up in the same house a, a few feet away from each other. So I'm curious if there's anything that you felt like you and Chris may have done to influence that kind of ambition, that self-propelled nature that they have, that, that, you know, drives them to work hard when no one's watching and to, to pursue these goals with, with great, you know, veracity. Well, I think you always, you always set an example, whether it's intentionally or, or unintentionally, that your kids are going to observe day in and day out. And so if you're working hard and you're competitive and yet enjoying the process, they'll recognize it and hopefully they'll appreciate it and hopefully they'll say, I want I want it to manifest similarly for me. If you're lucky enough that your family's together a lot and they see each other's competitive spirit coming through, you have a big family. We don't have a real big family in the area. Some, you know, to an extent, I think that's a bit of a disadvantage because they could see it in their grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins. Um, so we were, 
Now, the advantage of that is we were together as a unit right. more than you would be with an extended family potentially nearby, and that may have worked to our advantage or to their advantage. And then just having perspective. When you have a unique family situation like we do with, with a little sister with some challenges, again, that just then puts it back in perspective for them that it's, it's not everything and allows them to go out and freely eat and recognize that, uh, that there's something that's, that's, there's always something that's bigger than winning or, or losing a game, regardless of what game it is. Thanks very much for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about Altus Performance, go check out altusperformance.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Team Altus and Instagram at Altus Performance. Also, thanks to Cordy Walker for his wonderful production work on this and coming episodes of Earn Your Edge.